Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the Here we go. Lesson 186. Course in Miracles podcast. Hope you had a good 4th of July. Hope you took some time to honestly salute the fallen. Um, I'm not this big... I actually am a patriotic guy. Patri- patriotism is love of country versus nationalism is like, screw that country because I'm in this country. Because this is my country, that country sucks. Patriotism is like, yeah, I love my country. And the United States of America, where most of you are listening, I'm assuming, is it's a pretty, pretty cool country, far from perfect. I would never suggest that there aren't some serious things that need to be worked on, but pretty cool country. And I've heard it said, I believe it's David Hawkins, who said that it's in one of his books somewhere. He 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 talks about the soul of a soldier and the soul. Uh, there are many soldiers, like just typical soldiers, like army guys or marine guys or Navy guys, and part of their existence involves the willingness, or in a lot of ways their existences are dictated by a willingness to sacrifice their lives for something greater than themselves. So wrap your head around that. And certainly not all, but many. It's a lot of soldiers. They, they live with a fundamental willingness to make the ultimate sacrifice so that you can eat a hot dog on the 4th of July and maybe bitch about them, maybe complain about the armed forces, <laughs> maybe talk about how awful we are. And there are certainly things that are done by the U.S. that are absolutely no bueno. But, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with this. It's really tumultuous times that have happened upon us since COVID. The age of Aquarius began in like 2018, 2019, something like that. The Piscean age ended and the age of Aquarius began. And shit really hit the fan, if you notice. So we will see where this is going. I, I, I'm not the most optimistic, but as I've said before, those of us who have this stuff, this, this truth, this spiritual truth, this truth of God, this peace of God, to riff on yesterday's lesson, are some of the most blessed beings in the entire universe, I would argue. So, um, you know, maybe take some time to ponder what freedom means, because freedom is a... It's a spiritual concept, so the or a spiritual notion or phenomenon, maybe freedom is a spiritual phenomenon. There, there is um, the Constitution of the United States of America. Basically, I've heard this is according to David Hawkins. It was borrowed essentially from the Iroquois Nations um, Constitution, and it basically exists to to grant or guarantee the rights of human beings to be spiritually free. And when you look at it through that spiritual lens, it's, it becomes clear 
as to why it needs to be protected. Um, you know, particularly the freedom of speech is a very important thing. I've, you know, I was on my, my last podcast, I, my other podcast, technically, you know, there was, I was on some rants there and I said some things which were most definitely politically incorrect. And thank God bless some of my listeners who actually care about me. They let me know that and they, and I course corrected. So I just, I cleaned it up. I basically renounced some of the things I said. I was just on tangents, COVID stuff, you know. And uh, I took a lot of it back, and I was very remorseful. And that's all that you can do. You know, healthy regret and a commitment to, to switch things up moving forward. And um, that is not something um, I should be able to say that stuff in the first place. And I should be able to get punched in the face for it. That's freedom. That's reproach. So we are able to reproach one another. In other words, course correct, correct one another. Um, but we should at the same time not be limited in the things that we should say, which David Hawkins, um, he references, uh, here, he, he points to the politically correct thing several times throughout uh, different throughout several of his books. And, and it's just something that it always goes, when you start essentially enforcing people or, or enforcing the use of language or telling people how you think they should talk so as not to offend others, that just turns into this, that can turn into a very kooky thing very quickly. And it's interesting. And I'll get to the lesson here in a few. But for instance, there were... Um, I think that the Washington Redskins, I think they changed their name maybe recently under pressure from, you know, from the political left in America. And um, that forcing someone to change the name. So, so the reason that the Washington Redskins or the Chicago Blackhawks or even the Cleveland Indians were, were they got those names so I've, this is according to David Hawkins, uh, out of reverence, right? So the, the Braves, that's not, you're not making fun of Native Americans. You're actually like, we, we care about you or we respect or revere you so much that we're going to name this American phenomenon after you, right? And, and sure, now it's like politically incorrect to say that, but at the time of the inception, that was the intention, right? So what this political correct thing does is it undercuts that, right? So the soldiers who on 4th of July, back to the 4th of July, many of whom have given their lives to protect these freedoms that the Constitution guarantees, like seeing it that way, that's a really interesting way to see the 4th of July, that soldiers have given their lives to protect in a lot of ways the Constitution, which guarantees your rights to, in a lot of ways, you could, to, to do whatever you want to do within reason. Now, I'm not going to get into, like, the gun control debate or the abortion debate or anything, but I have found um, that the conservatives um, have a lot of constitutional knowledge regarding the whole abortion thing. So I'm going to stop right there because the Course in Miracles podcast does not discuss abortion. So thanks for listening to my uh, 
uh, rant and uh, lesson 186, salvation of the world depends on me. Here is the statement that will one day take all arrogance away from every mind. Here is the thought of true humility, which holds no function as as your own, but that which has been given you. It offers you acceptance of a part assigned to you without insisting on another role. It does not judge your proper role. It but acknowledges the will of God is done on earth as well as heaven. It unites all wills on earth in heaven's plan to save the world, restoring it to heaven's peace. Let us not fight our function. We did not establish it. It is not our idea. The means are given us by which it will be perfectly accomplished and that we are asked to do and that we are asked to do all, sorry, all that we are asked to do is to accept our part in genuine humility and not deny with self-deceiving arrogance that we are worthy. What is given us to do, we have the strength to do. Our minds are suited perfectly to take the part assigned to us by one who knows us well. So in other words, God is just telling you, hey, it's cool. The salvation of the world depends on you. I trust that you can do this. I trust that you will fulfill your role. So just show up and do it to the best of your ability and let me sort out the rest. Today's idea may seem quite sobering until you see its meaning. All it says is that your father still remembers you and offers you the perfect trust he holds in you who are his son. It does not ask that you be different in any way from what you are. What could humility request but this? And what could arrogance deny but this? Today we will not shrink from our assignment on the specious grounds that modesty is outraged. It is pride that would, call, that would deny the call for God himself. All false humility we lay aside today that we may listen to God's voice reveal to us what he would have us do. We do not doubt our ad- adequacy for the function he will offer us. We will be certain only that he knows our strengths, our wisdom, and our holiness. And if he deems us worthy, so we are. It is but arrogance that judges otherwise. There is one way and only one to be released from the imprisonment your plan to prove the false is true has brought to you. Accept a plan you did not make instead. Judge not your value for it. If God's voice assures you that salvation needs your part and that the whole depends on you, be sure that it is so. The arrogant must cling, arrogant must cling to words, afraid to go beyond them to experience which might affront their stance. Yet are the humble free to hear the voice which tells them what they are and what to do. Arrogance makes an image of yourself that is not real. It is this image which quails and retreats in terror as the voice for God assures you that you have the strength, the wisdom, and the holiness to go beyond all images. You are not weak, as is the image of yourself. You are not ignorant and helpless. Sin cannot tarnish the truth in you, and misery can come, can come not near the holy home of God. All this the voice of God relates to you. And as he speaks, the image trembles and seeks to attack the threat it does not know, sensing its basis crumble. Let it go. Salvation of the world depends on you and not upon this little pile of dust. What can it tell the Holy Son of God? Why need he be concerned with 
it at all. And so we find our peace. We will accept the function God has given us for all illusions rest upon the weird belief that we can make another for ourselves. Our self-made roles are shifting and they seem to change from mourner to ecstatic bliss of love and loving. We can laugh or weep and greet the day with welcome or with tears or with beings. Our very being seems to change as we experience a thousand shifts in mood and our emotions raise us high indeed and dash us to the ground in hopelessness. Sound familiar? That's basically a day in my life sometimes. Is this the son of God? Could he create such instability and call it son? He who is changeless shares his attributes with his creation. All the images his son appears to make have no effect on what he is. They blow across his mind like wind-swept leaves that form a patterning an instant break apart to group again and scamper off, or like mirages seen above a desert rising from the dust. These unsubstantial images will go and leave your mind unclouded and serene when you accept the function given you. The images you make give, give, the images you make give rise to but conflicting goals, impermanent and vague, uncertain and, and ambiguous. Who could be constant in his efforts or direct his energies and concentrated drive toward goals like these? The functions which the world esteems are so uncertain that they are that they change ten times an hour at their most the functions which the world esteems are so uncertain that they change ten times an hour at their most secure. What hope of gain can rest on goals like this? It's true. Just Think about what happens when you get into your car. All bets are off. You don't know what's going to happen. You could leave your house in a perfectly good mood, and then you get in a car, you get in the, the car, and you go to back out of your driveway, and somebody's blocking your driveway for whatever reason, and they're not moving, and the kids are late to school, and all of a sudden you go into a rage, right? The, the little meditation app you were listening to <laughs> that morning has been thrown out the door, and now you are ready to murder somebody happens all the time. In lovely contrast, certain as the sun's return each morning to dispel the night, your truly given function stands out clear, wholly unambiguous. There is no doubt of its validity. It comes from one who knows no error, and his voice is certain of its messages. They will not change nor be in conflict. All of them point to one goal and one you can attain. Your plan may be impossible, but God's can never fail because he is its source. Do as God's voice directs. And if it asks a thing of you which seems impossible, remember who it is that asks and who would make denial. Then consider this. Which is more likely to be right? The voice that speaks for the creator of all things, who knows all things exactly as they are, or a distorted image of yourself, or, I'm going to read that again, I mess, messed up the intonation. Then consider this. Which is more likely to be right? The voice that speaks for the creator of all things, who knows all things exactly as they are, or a distorted image of yourself, confused, bewildered, inconsistent, and unsure of everything. Let not its voice direct you. Hear instead a certain voice which tells you of a function given you by your creator, who remembers you, and urges that you now remember him. 
His gentle voice is calling from the known to the unknowing. He would comfort you, although he knows no sorrow. He would make a restitution, though he is complete. A gift to you, although he knows that you have everything already. He has thoughts which answer every need for his son perceives. That's interesting. He says he has thoughts which answer every need his son perceives, although he sees them not. So it is by shifting our thoughts. So he can give us thoughts that answer every need that we have. For love must give, and what is given in the name takes on the form most useful in a world of form. These are the forms which never can deceive, because they come from formlessness itself. Forgiveness is an earthly form of love, which as it, which as it is in heaven has no form. Yet what is needed here is given here as it is needed. In this form, you can fulfill your function even here, although what love will mean to you when formlessness has been restored to you is greater still. Salvation of the world depends on who can forgive. Such is your function here. So this is just really amazing, powerful stuff. I realize I say that all the time. But, you know, it is salvation of the world depends on you. When you go out into the world, and using the aforementioned example of the person in the driveway, you get in your car, you're having a great morning, you get in the car, kids are in the car, you start backing out the driveway, there's a person blocking the driveway, or all of a sudden there's some road construction happening, and there's, you know, all this traffic jams and stuff, and and there's a guy standing there with a sign and he's in your way. I'm actually referring to the people outside my house who are doing road construction, standing there with their signs, their slow, their slow signs or their stop signs. And, and instead of cursing those people who are in your way, who are disrupting your delicate day or your important day or your meaningful day or the day of a person who isn't standing there holding a sign all day because they have important things to do, when you do not see them that way and you see them through the eyes of Christ, through the eyes of God, through the eyes of forgiveness, that brings the world one step closer to salvation. Those little things, salvation of the world depends on you applying these lessons whenever you notice that it's time to apply them. And you might not... You might not notice it's time to apply them for like three days. I watched I watched some YouTube videos the day, the other day. I got into a I went into a, a tailspin with my ego, you know, because my worldview was, you know, whatever, not being agreed with, or I was agreeing with the worldview of the people on YouTube, and I know a bunch of people that don't agree with that worldview, and ah, and I went on, I went I went crazy for like three days. I sent some, you know, I sent some. I sent some texts I probably shouldn't have sent. But what you going to do? You know, it's like as soon as you realize that, it's like, oh, and then you course correct. That's it. That's all you do is you course correct. When you, when you catch yourself down a rabbit hole, you know, so part of being down a rabbit hole is you don't really realize you're in a rabbit hole. Like by the time you realize you're in a rabbit hole, it's too late. But once you're there, you just go, oh, okay, I'm going to come back to the principles of the course or the principles of my 12-step program or a combination of both or something altogether. And 
and and salvation of the world depends on that. It doesn't depend on you being perfect. It depends on you doing the best you can. So thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time. Courts and Miracles podcast. Bye-bye.